Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. My name is Matt Scaff. This is episode 82. I want to start off by just kind of updating what's going on in my life. But then, more importantly, I want to tell you guys about a new training strategy that I'm utilizing. So, tomorrow it'll have been one month since the gym's been closed. If you would have told me when this all started that we would be closed a month, I just did not see it happening. And what I want to say, more importantly, is that two weeks ago, there was no positive news. Couldn't find it anywhere. Everything was doom and gloom. Well, over the past four or five days, I've been seeing a lot of positive news, in particular in Alabama and Texas and in some of those southern states. And so things are looking much, much better. The coronavirus has not hit Alabama like the experts predicted. Nowhere close. When the models first came out, they were predicting on April 13th for there to be over 10,000 deaths. I want to say it was like 13,000 something. Well, as of right now, there still hasn't even been 100 deaths in Alabama. So, absolutely amazing. Like, that is phenomenal news. Still... Everyone I've talked to, all my friends and family, and the people that they know, we don't know anyone that's been hit with the coronavirus, that's been hospitalized by the coronavirus. So that was always my biggest fear, was obviously, like all of us, you know, our, one of our loved ones, one of our friends, even one of their family members, like one of my students' family members getting the coronavirus and being in the hospital and then potentially dying. Well, that hasn't been the case. So very thankful and just so, so happy about that. I've been staying busy. I've been hiking, been going on lots of long walks. I've been trying to study, been doing a lot of writing. And I really, though, have, I think I've kind of pinpointed one thing that I wish I would have been doing since the beginning. I think it's an opportunity that I've missed over the years to get better. And that is filming myself while I do drilling and while I roll. So I remember the first time that I saw myself do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like when I watched it on film. I was a white belt and it was probably my third or fourth competition. I had won a few matches all by submission. And in my mind, I remember thinking before I watched myself, I was like, man, I am a stud. Submitted these dudes. Like, everything happened so fast. I I felt like Marcelo Garcia. Like, I thought when I sat down to watch those matches, I was getting ready to watch, you know, like a Marcelo Garcia highlight. That's not what I saw. I was shocked at how sloppy I looked. I was shocked at how slow I looked. And I just couldn't believe that was what it looked like on the outside. Because in my mind, like, during the moment, It seemed like I was doing everything so right. (laughs) Like it felt like when I was winning those matches that I was an advanced practitioner. But when I watched it, it was very obvious that I was a novice, that I was a beginner. And Blue Belt, same thing. I actually was watching one of my losses and I was really shocked, again, at how my jiu-jitsu looked. Like, it just 
didn't seem to be the same thing that I thought I was doing. Like when I was in the moment, it felt like I was much better than when I went back and watched myself. Like I, I could really pick out the mistakes and it made me feel vulnerable. It made me feel, uh, it made me lose some confidence. And so I've always thought confidence was very important as a competitor um, and really important to the learning process. And so I just was like, well, I, I'm not going to watch myself grapple anymore. And so for the next few years, I really did not like being filmed while I grappled. Now, obviously, people would take, you know, Brandon always wanted our competition matches filmed so he could go back and watch them, um, you know, and study and help us get better. But I never watched them. Like Even if I won, even if they were awesome matches, like at Purple Belt, like I didn't watch, I pretty much didn't watch any of my Purple Belt matches. It wasn't until Brandon really started filming himself. Uh, I was a brown belt at the time. We had moved into the new gym. And it wasn't until then that I happened to watch a roll of me rolling with one of our blue belts. The person recording that day happened to just catch my roll instead of Brandon. And he was filming me. And I watched it. And it was the first time that I was proud of what I saw. Is the first time that my jiu-jitsu looked like what I wanted it to look like. But I still didn't have the confidence to film myself. Like I knew other people that did it, that was that were filming themselves and studying their, you know, when they rolled, they would study what they were doing or they would study their opponents. But I, I don't know, I just I never did that. Over the past couple of years, since Brandon's been filming himself a lot and watching a lot of his own footage. Well, he's been preaching about how the most important thing that he's ever done for his jiu-jitsu is to have been forced to watch a lot of his matches, to be forced to watching himself teach, to be forced to watch himself do jiu-jitsu. He's talked about the improvements he's able to make because he can see his mistakes. And since he's watching himself do it, it's like he's getting extra reps. It almost helps him get to a flow state when he's learning, when he's watching himself. As always, I don't always listen the first time I hear something. And so it's taken quite a few years for me to come around to the idea of filming myself to get better at training. One of my friends who trained a lot with Hoffa Mendez talked about how Hoffa did the same thing. Hoffa filmed all of his roles for AOJ website, his personal website. And he said Hoffa would meticulously study himself. What Hoffa would do, like if you had a good round against Hoffa, let's say you came and you rolled with Hoffa and you did, you know, he tapped you one time. Or, you know, he, you gave him a little bit of trouble. He said, it was almost like magic. The next time you rolled with Hoffa, he would have an answer for everything you did. And he heard that it was because Hoffa would go back any time that he was dealt with a problem. Since he had it on film, he'd go back, study it that night. And he and Guy, his brother, would come up with solutions. And so the next time you rolled with him, he would have improved and made the necessary changes to shut down with whatever you were doing. 
That really intrigued me. Still, it didn't make me want to watch myself or start filming myself. What really changed my mind was listening to Eddie Bravo talk about his experiences over the past couple of years. So Eddie Bravo has always filmed his rolling because he's been putting it on his website. Like He's one of the first guys that had a website. You can go to 10thplanet.com and become a part of Eddie's website for $5 a month. It always shocked me that it was $5. But he talked about how he really didn't watch those roles. Like he would just put them up there. He would teach. He would collect different 10th Planet guys techniques and different competitions from 10th Planet guys and put them on the website. Well, he said when he was injured and he had those surgeries, he had back surgery, knee surgery, shoulder surgery. He said he was forced to go back like, and watch himself roll. And he said he was shocked at how much it helped him improve over that time. And he said to all of us, anybody, uh, any of the black belts and 10th planner guys running schools, he told us the most important thing you can do for your jiu-jitsu right now is to start filming yourself. Film yourself every time you roll, not every round, but just make sure you're filming yourself every time you get on the mat and study it. You need that footage. So whether you get injured or whether you're quarantined right now, you'll have footage of yourself to study. And he said there's no better way to get better than to study your own footage. That really hit home to me, and especially over this quarantine time, because I've thought about it. Like, man, how awesome would it be to have on some of these days, um, you know, when I can't train, I can't do anything, to have my footage for me to study my weaknesses and for me to really pick out, you know, if there are any thing that, things that I'm doing that are consistent problems, I'll be able to see it on video. Because a lot of times, honestly, you just can't see it when you're rolling live. You can't see it in the moment. One of my really good buddies, Keith Cavanaugh. So Keith, as you guys know, Irish Keith, he's the guy that... Um, he makes all of Brandon's, what does he do? He does a lot of Brandon's social media work. He's a brown belt under us, and he comes down every couple of months. Well, he's been back. Honestly, it's been probably the worst trip <laughs> he's had, but he's been here the past couple of months. Uh, he's been quarantined in Decatur, Alabama. But he has always been somebody that films himself doing techniques. Like he'll learn a movement from somebody and then he'll always ask at the end of class hey do you mind you know if you watch me do it, i'm going to film myself or you know he'll learn a new movement and he'll take somebody aside and just film himself doing that movement he also tries to film himself roll every week and i've asked him about that i asked him about that a couple of weeks ago i said how important to your development has it been for you to videotape yourself, for you to watch your own video. And he said it's been crucial, in particular when he goes back to Ireland and he doesn't have black belts to learn from. He says that he can really study the movements that he learned from us, but he can study it by watching himself do it. So instead of watching us do it, he says it helps him way more to watch himself do it. 
And so when it's fresh in his mind after he's done 100 reps and, you know, me or Brandon, you know, tell him that, oh, yeah, it looks awesome. He'll film it. He said it just really helps him get perfect mental reps. And that made sense to me. And so I'm starting to do, I'm going to start doing the exact same thing. I'm going to really start taking movements that I struggle with, new movements that I'm learning. So I'm really, I have a, I have a couple of secret projects right now. And I'm really working on a couple of different new um, attack series that I kind of want to surprise people with after the quarantine. But I'm filming myself doing that movement and I'm just going to study that. I'm going to watch that. And I'm really excited to see how much faster that helps me implement these new attacks that I'm working on into my game. And so I'm going to get back with you, um, you know, in a month or two or again, whenever this quarantine goes, goes away and you know, I can really start to train with a wide range of people again. I'm going to tell you guys what the fruits of this experiment have been because I'm really excited and I'm hoping that this is, this is uh, you know, a new, um, new training strategy that's going to lead me to make giant gains. It's always cool whenever you completely change a, you know, your learning style or, the, you know, you completely change the way that you're training or studying and you can really see like how beneficial it is. And so that's what I'm going to be messing with. And I just really think about that, especially right now. How much would it help you if you had footage over the past year of yourself, just of yourself, rolling with different people? If you had rounds where you dominated and you had rounds where eh, you got dominated, rounds where you you dictated what happened and rounds where uh, you were just trying to survive. I really think that if you can get outside of yourself, because I know for me it was a confidence issue, and it was like, oh, I don't want to see myself look terrible. But if you can just detach from that and really just look at it like, no, I'm just going to study my game. I'm going to study and try and get better. I think that's something that could help all of us get much, much better, much, much faster. So that's what I'm going to be doing Thanks, guys. I really appreciate all of the support. Man, I'm just blown away by all of you guys that have messaged me and told me, you know, how much this podcast has meant to you and, you know, different episodes that have inspired you. The blue and purple belt episodes have been a gigantic hit. I mean, I I can't believe how many downloads those podcast episodes have, but I hope that helps you. And Whenever this quarantine ends, I guarantee you we all are going to come back, hit it hard, and whatever your goals are, we're going to come back and crush it. That's what I'm planning on doing, and I know that's what you guys are going to do as well. Stay safe, guys. Until next time, peace. Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. My name is Matt Scaff, and today is episode 83. And what I really like about the podcast is that I'm able to reflect and I'm really able to share my experience with you guys. And I've been kind of blown away by how many people like that. They like this format where I'm just talking and reflecting on certain situations that come up in my life. And so today's episode, I want to talk about something that happened last night. 
and I've reflected a lot on it today. I've been writing in my journal, and I thought, what the heck, I might as well share it with you guys. So I made a huge mistake last night, a big mistake. I got in an argument about the coronavirus. Started off normal enough, just talking about the situation, but after about five minutes, it quickly started to escalate into an argument. And then I was trying, I could feel myself trying to win the argument. I was trying to use words. I was talking like an expert and I was like, oh, Matt, what are you doing? Like looking back today, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. Um, You know, that was the first mistake I made was really engaging about a topic that I don't know a lot about. But what was funny is, is that honestly, me and the person that I was talking with were not very far off on what we thought about the situation. It wasn't like we were on polar opposite sides. Like we thought very, very similarly, except for one or two issues or one or two differences, I should say. And I was like, why did I feel that heat start to rise up? Why did I get so mad? And I realized it was when he said a phrase. He said, well, I've read a lot more than you and I've been studying this. And it's funny because I hear that. And there's something about that phrase when people are trying to put you down or trying to act like your opinion isn't as good as theirs. They always go into this, well, I've done this or I've watched that or I've studied this or I've done, you know, and especially when you know they're not an expert. Like I'm like, dude, when did you become a virus expert? You watched what you listen to 10 Ben Shapiro podcasts and, you know, the news every other day for the past, you know, two months. And all of a sudden, you know, you're an expert. I should just take your opinions better than mine because, you know, you're this self-proclaimed expert. And it's funny because it made me think about all the times that I've said that phrase or that I've pretended to be an expert or I've put somebody else down, but belittled their opinion because I, in my opinion, felt like I knew more about the subject than they did. Because honestly, most of the things we talk about, most of our opinions, we are not experts in. So since I'm a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, getting ready to be a first degree, so I've almost been a black belt for three years, I have an expert's opinion on grappling. And so, yes, people should take my opinion on an anaconda choke seriously. I should be able to bring that to the table, and people should listen. But most areas of my life and a lot of the areas that I take hard stands are areas where I've read a couple of articles and I'm really just kind of regurgitating what I read and I'm getting in arguments with people or again trying to be the winner in the arguments by acting like I'm an expert And I've wondered a lot today about how many arguments I've been in that started off just as good, friendly conversations. Like, hey, you know, you're talking to your parents or your best friend or your wife or your girlfriend, whatever. You're having a conversation about a topic. And how many of those conversations turned into arguments when one person said, well, I've studied this or, well, I don't know, I've read a lot about this. 
because there's nothing worse than when somebody (laughs) tries to put you down with knowledge like about how they know more than you there's something that really gets under my skin when someone's trying to make me feel dumb or like well i don't know man if you you're just you're just saying stuff did you actually read anything about this and it's like dude again what have you read what are you reading you know and um i don't know it's something that I find myself at times, even doing in jiu-jitsu, there are times that, you know, we've all dealt with people that, you know, commented about UFC fighting or about MMA fighting. Like, oh, I don't know, man. I've watched a lot of MMA fights. I know what's going on there. Trust me, that wouldn't work. Or trust me, this wouldn't work. And I was like, dude, you've never been in a fight. Or man, I've watched a lot of YouTube street videos or street fight videos. Trust me, that wouldn't work in a street fight. How many street fights have you been in? Well, I got in a fight one time when I was 12. Like, dude, what are you talking about, you know? And those are extreme situations, but honestly, it goes across the board. Whether you're talking about the coronavirus, because that's the big issue right now, right? Everyone's talking about it. And you're seeing so many fights happen. And a lot of time, the worst fights and the people that are fighting the most are the people that are what? False experts. They're the people that are trying to, well, look what I read here. Look at these stats that I got from here. Look at this opinion I got from here. It's like, these aren't even, you're not a virus expert. You you don't know. You've never even been around anybody with the coronavirus. You might not even know anybody with the coronavirus. But here you are giving a dissertation on 10 different threads about why your opinion's right and somebody else's is wrong. And so I want to try and be more self-conscious about using that rhetoric when I'm in a conversation, especially when I disagree with somebody when there is a disagreement, is, look, dude, don't try and act like, oh, well, because I read this, or, dude, I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast where they were talking about why you should use the infrared sauna, and I'm trying to talk to some athlete, you know, about all the benefits of the infrared sauna. It's like, dude, I'm just regurgitating a podcast I listened to for an hour. <laughs> How silly is that? It is making me feel important. And I think that's why we do it. Or that's why somebody does it. Is you want to win. You want to feel like the expert. You want to be respected. And a lot of people want that false respect. They want to be listened to without having earned the right to be listened to. And so don't fall into that trap right now, okay? Nothing's been easier the past couple months, especially the past three weeks, than getting on Facebook and getting in an argument. Like, you could do that right now. You could go on Reddit and have a 10-page war with somebody that, even if there was just a slight disagreement, people are volatile right now. They're very, very negative. And look easiest way to stay out of an argument and the easiest way to not get worked up and you know all these just fights and all this other stuff that's going to be negative in your life is just to admit you don't know and please please don't be a false expert and definitely don't put somebody down because you go oh well i've read this article and you haven't so ha ha you're an idiot don't do that okay so until next time guys um hopefully i'm gonna have keith cavanaugh 
Irish Keat on the podcast doing an interview. I'm getting that set up, kind of trying to work out the questions and how I want that to go. But that should be in before the end of the week. And I appreciate you guys for listening. Subscribe. Let me know, obviously, right now if you have any issues, any type of, um, you know, you want me to talk about something or, you know, just something's going on bad in your life. You're feeling depressed, feeling down, can't train. Send me a message. And, uh, yeah, love you guys.